Hello and welcome to Jamie Club's podcast, the official podcast for Club Chimera Martial Arts. I'm your host Jamie Club, inviting you to please join me on these shows as I share my reflections, inspirations and motivations from the world of martial arts and self-protection. If you enjoy the content to this show, please subscribe to it on iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Owltale, Tuned In and wherever else you stream and download your podcasts. Don't forget to check out the show notes to this episode and also check out our regularly updated blog and website clubchimera.com. For those of you who don't know, it's Marshall Movies Massacre Time. Thank you, Mary. Since 2019, I've held an annual event on my show where I invite selected martial arts teachers to discuss martial arts tropes and cliches as well as insert my own verbal essays. Although this is only the third time I've held this annual event, it is technically the seventh episode bearing the title, or sixth sequel if you like. Therefore, I feel it's time to move on from our least favourite tropes and cliches in martial arts movies to other subjects. For the most part, I've asked my guests to choose and address an underrated martial arts movie and a non-martial arts movie for folks to watch. Thanks, Chris. Okay, well, here's the deal. Nobody listens to any of our recommendations. Nobody follows through. Nobody takes recommendations regarding movies. And everybody does their own things and scatters to the wind with whatever we suggest, like tumbleweeds blowing across that very movie screen in a desolate desert. Thanks, Chris. For the first time this year, I'd like to invite you to put down the gloves and pick up the popcorn as I present to you... Jan Dragon Drachman, Ben Red Myers, and Andrea the Martial Arts Woman Harkins in Revenge of Martial Movie Massacre. We kick things off with Jan Drachman, known as Dragon Man and as the Grand Master and Supreme Commander of the Wombats, an elite dojo of Super Karateka operating in Denmark. Mission Control is commandeered by Fleming Anderson, Hinnerup's equivalent of Judge Dredd. He acts as Judge, Jury and Executioner, and technical expert Henrietta Vinther Toft, who holds a 27th degree black belt in sushi eating. Club Chimera Martial Arts and Martial Movie Massacre proudly presents Steel Silat. Welcome back, Jan. How are you? I'm fine. I'm uh, enjoying the nice summer here in Denmark. Excellent. I, I always love doing these interviews with people and when I ask them how they are, because they, they always give me something that tells me either what year we're in, who dates it. So this will go out at the Christmas of... No, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's great. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really happy to have you back on the show again. As you're like me, you are a bit of a movie geek as well. And we like talking about movies as much as we like talking about martial arts and books and things like that. So it's great uh, to have you on the show. And I know our listenership will really enjoy your contribution. So first up, what is an underrated martial arts movie you could recommend? So a martial arts movie that has uh, gone under the radar or you don't think gets as much love as it should do. And then, uh, Thank you, first of all, for having me, Jamie, again. But first, of course, the movie would be Karate Kid. It's underrated. <laughs> no, just joking. It was not that one. <laughs> yeah, it's just under Into the Dragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Into the Dragon, man. No, no the one that I've chosen is The Raid... Redemption with the oh. race. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. Okay. It's uh, I really love it because it's it took me by surprise when I saw it first time. 
and uh, Ikuwais, who is playing this SWAT team member who's going into a tall house. According to the trailer, there is 30 floors, 30 floors in the building, and they have to fight all the way up to find the drug lord in the top because they have tro- But they, apparently, when you see the movie, there's only, I think, 15 or 16 floors or something. 15 mm-hmm. floors, maybe. And then uh, they're going in and they're fighting there. And the fight scenes are very, very good. And first they start, the film start, it just kicks off with some action. Mm-hmm. When they enter the building, it's really good fighting. And visually, the martial arts is Penchak Silat, the Indonesian martial arts. Mm-hmm. But you can see there's a mix of everything you see when you watch mm-hmm. it. But there's a lot of awesome scenes where they attack the legs with the arms and close up. And then there's also this ridiculous stunt fight scenes where they run on the walls. Or but it's just great. I really like it. And they gunfire a little bit like John Wick. So they have arms with the machine guns and pistols and everything. And apparently all the guns are airsoft replicas. Mm-hmm. So they just use those for the fights. And then they added all the muscle flash and sounds in post-production. But the fights is really good. Yeah, Raid was given a huge amount of respect because of the way that it brought in you know, Silat and uh, Indonesian martial arts, weapon-based martial arts, Southeast Asian martial arts that we hadn't seen a lot of. It, it probably did the same thing for Silat that Ong Bak did for Muay Thai, I would say. Yeah. Apparently, the director, Garrett Evans, was planning to do a, a prison, mm. scene, prison martial art movie first, but yes. couldn't afford it. Right. So he went for where they just go, had one location in the tall building. Yes. And then when it got quite popular, he got the funding to do a, a prison riot martial art movie. That's the, the second one. Yeah. Made two retaliation. Yes. So I say I, the, I prefer the first one, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, sure. sec, yeah. the second one is also good. There's some good fight scenes, but I, I like the first one better. Yeah, why do you think it's underrated? Because again, it's I know it's a cult favorite because it certainly came up on the radar as that. But why do you think it? What? what how do you see it's being underrated? Because I think uh, everyone should watch it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. underrated. It's underrated because people just they when they talk about martial art movies, according to my generation, it's Karate Kid and it's Bloodsport and the Chuck Norris movies and. Bruce Lee and yes. and they sort of knew with Jet Li and all the other guys came came after. But yeah. I think it's Ikuwais is quite good at, at playing the character. The choreography is so sophisticated in the raid. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, and if you try uh, to study it, try to re- replicate some of the fight scenes, it's really yeah. interesting to see how they have done it. It's yes, definitely. I love the where they attack people to the legs and then they take them down by the head and strangle yeah. them and take them off. It's I think it's. Uh, Something different than the normal, yes. just kick and punch. Exactly. exactly. A hip throw. Maybe Tominaga flying. Well, it's funny because last year when I did the Marshall Movie Massacre, I discussed the introduction of Asian fighting techniques in movies and how they came in via James Bond, really, more than anything yeah. else. And then you've got the Avengers in, in Britain and all that sort of thing. And I started to notice how so many films would have these standard Asian martial art moves in there. You'd have a Tomanagi, you'd have uh, a type of wrist throw, and then there would be 
the, the, the obviously the the judo karate chop um, yeah. the knife hand strike and they would be really your staple moves throughout non-sophisticated martial arts movies so very much movies that have martial arts sequences in shall we say not necessarily martial arts movies but films that had martial arts sequences in or tv uh, thrillers that had martial arts sequences they would be your standard moves and then as time's gone on we've started to see obviously more use of the roundhouse kick more use of jumping techniques and more sophisticated stuff and then obviously with the mma stuff that's come in and the prevalence of brazilian jiu-jitsu suddenly we're getting flying arm bars and stuff like that but again you can see all the different phases that are going on with martial arts action sequences and yeah raid offers something totally fresh and as as i said in the same breath as the way that uh, tony jar introduced cinematically friendly form of Muay Thai or yeah. Muay Baran. Yeah. So move on to the next movie then. It's a non-martial arts movie that but you think martial artists should watch. Yes, that's not uh, that difficult. There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> the one I've chosen is the, the new one called Sound of Metal with Miss Ahmed. Okay, I haven't seen it. It's actually won Oscars for Best Sound and Best Editing. It, it, okay. was, it was produced in 2019, but it was postponed at least in Denmark due to the COVID. So it had premiere in Denmark in May. And mm-hmm. I went to see it. It's about a drummer in a rock band. Mm-hmm. And he's really love it. And he's living in this, in this uh, mobile home with his girlfriend, who's the lead singer in the band. And he had the drum set and recording studio. He had all his things he needs in that van. Mm-hmm. And then after a concert, he's suddenly discovered that he's going deaf. From one concert to the next, his hearing disappears more or less completely. So he don't know what to do with his life. He's drummer in a rock band. And suddenly he can't fill out the role more because he's getting a severe handicap because he loses his hearing sense. So, And what do you do if you can't hear any, and you can't do the thing you love? What would you do with your life? And Chris Ahmed is really playing a the role really, really great, I think. But the really the reason why I think that martial artists should watch this movie is, of course, because it's a good movie. According to my opinion, it's a very nice and good movie. But I in 2009, here in Denmark, we had a seminar with Wayne Otto, the world champion in sports karate. And during the it was second time he visited our club, maybe. And then during the warm-up, I got a severe knee injury. And, and I got maybe eight weeks with uh, on crutches and no activity and I was sincerely afraid I was never going to kick a person in the face again it's a serious problem from yeah 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 but imagine when you get the handicap and you can't many of the martial artists that love their art and they're doing so many hours a day and so many they spend so many much energy on the things they love and they are fighting and they really love martial arts and suddenly they can disappear. They can yes. get a severe injury, so they can't kick anymore. They can, maybe even worse, that they can lose something and half a leg. They can, a lot of things can happen in traffic accident. And mm-hmm. I had a severe traffic accident last year and it's, it's really scary. And when you suddenly lose your ability to perform what you really love, what would you do? Well, how would you get on with your life? I think that's important. Because, yes, a very important question to ask. Do yeah, you know, because ma- many people, they we just take our martial art for granted that we can throw right hook and left roundhouse kick to the face. It's just mm-hmm. what we do. We have been doing for 40 plus years, some of us. 
it's just like walking and eating for us, but suddenly you can't do it anymore. What would you do? It's a interesting question. Yeah, I mean, it's not the exact question, but it's certainly related to the chapter that I have at the end of my Mordred's Victory book, the collection of essays that I wrote, That Which Does Not Kill Us. Uh, Martial art and media ramble, funnily enough, because I reference movies in it as well. And I did it as a reflection of the times when I'd been injured and that injury had taken me out of regular training and how I'd adapted how I'd worked around it, how I'd got through it. And again, because as you say, I mean, a physical disability can be something, but also you get people who sometimes can be traumatized in different ways as well. And that can, you know, they could want to do martial arts, but there still could be something mentally that gets in their way as well, that suddenly gets in their way. Maybe they connect it to something, a part of their life that's very damaging or very painful. You know, maybe the club, maybe they, you know, they fall out with, you know, somebody at the club, their teacher or something like that. And suddenly it feels like it's been taken away from them i know martial artists who've had that happen to them where uh, they've they've loved doing the martial art but they've fallen out with the teacher or they've fallen out with someone who they used to go to the classes with they no longer can face it and there's again there's a lot of stuff you know connected with that but say but with injury i've worked with a lot of clients that have had injuries that have come to me with injuries or have told me in between classes they've suddenly injured themselves in some way I, i referenced it on a vlog as well and this is again something that does need to be addressed a lot with martial artists. I think we need to build it into our programs. I think we need to have something in our programs and our way of uh, um, handling our, you know, our martial art training because we know that everybody's going to get injured at some period. Yes. We can do our best to mitigate it. We can do our best to prevent it. We certainly don't want to bring it in. We don't want to invite it. But at the same time, we know that you know, the law of averages is going to happen. Something is going to happen. If you're passionate enough about any activity you're going to get injured at some period. And it's a really painful thing mentally to think about for a lot of people because we don't want to do it. We, don't, we do our best to avoid it. We do our best to risk assess. But we don't actually stop and say to ourselves, just like as you said, and as this film seems to prompt the idea, what happens if you, when you do get injured? Or what happens if that injury is going to stop you from doing something forever that you might like? How are you going to do What's your plan B? What's plan B through to Z? Yeah, what would you, what how you would you reschedule your whole life? Because yes. many serious martial artists this uh, more or less their life. They're yes. doing teaching and training and reading and what they're spending so much time on it and it's their identity and one day it could suddenly be swept away and they can't do it anymore. What should they do? Just stay at home and watch Netflix or should they what they need a new life and yes. what do you do? How to how do you continue? Yeah. A very important question and you have most injuries is just a sprained muscle yeah. or broken finger or something. You can yeah. you can punch with the other hand and kick instead of so it's no yeah. problem. But if you can't suddenly can't if it's really sincere handicap mm-hmm. and you can't continue and you have to find something else to spend all the hours you used to spend on martial arts, what would you do? Yeah, exactly. It is a really important question. It should be in people's programs. That's often my solution. I mean, I have it as part of my self-protection stuff you know when I do self-defense drills and things like that I have drills for you get injured or you are injured when you get attacked or something like that chances are when you're vulnerable guess what you become a softer target how do you train around things like that so that's important but if it actually the physical part of it suddenly stops you you must have come across it yourself I know some teachers who've trained people with disabilities as well yeah yeah. so you know, training somebody who's got a permanent disability. Sometimes those disabilities that the, the teacher cannot relate to, 
but they've got to come up with solutions because that person is still passionate about learning. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing what you can do. Yeah, but then it's, it's, it's possible if you... They, they come into the class because they're really passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And they know that they can do it with, a, with only one arm or something. Yes, yeah. And they, of course they can do it because there's much, much, a lot of other things they can do. Yeah. So, but, but they have been through a long phase after they lost their arm, for instance. Yes. Where they should reschedule their life and the mental attitude for mm-hmm. many things and they find the joy in living again. Yes, yeah. How can they continue? And Hopefully it's not happened to any of us, but it, no. when it happens, it's quite hard experience. Yeah. yeah, just being told that you aren't going to be able to continue to do this, you know, or you won't be able to do that. But again, it's, it's all about trying to find what is possible. Exactly. Down to the reader, but rather than d- dwelling on what's not there, saying, okay, what is going to be possible? And just really having that. So again, it's obviously it's an important thing. It sounds a bit trite, but it's an important thing, I suppose, as a teacher to instill in your students adaption and instill in them you like this enough you will find a way around it and i'm going to help you i'm going to help best to instill that passion in you so if it does ever happen to you you will find a way and again by extension a way to be stronger in your life without waxing too philosophical yeah mm-hmm. so i think it's uh, people should watch it sound of metal but the sounds are very important of course in the film because suddenly the sounds you hear from the lead actors yes perspective though where the sound just disappears and there's yeah. silence and uh, the noise the metal noise they are when uh, yeah. you don't have complete hearing and and it's definitely best to watch in the cinema right due to the sound system and sound is yes. much better and yeah and also when the starts there's a scene from where he's playing he's good and Every, yeah. all his senses is keen so he's playing in the drum it starts with this live scene from a rock concert and we haven't be able to go into rock concert forever. So just feel the feeling is the start of the movie, just good feeling the goosebumps in the neck. It was, I think I, I really loved it. Right. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. So the sound of metal, that'll be on my list. Yeah. You should watch this and let me know how is it, what you think. <laughs> yes, will do. I will do. Thank you very much, Jan, for those two excellent entries. Yeah. Thank you for having me again, Jamie. Thank you so much, Jan, for this year's contribution and some superb recommendations. Jan, along with Fleming, Henrietta and the rest of Hinnerup Karate are some of the hardest working karateka I've met. Besides being a good friend, Jan's done a tremendous amount for karate and martial arts in Denmark, building international bridges and bringing in over a wealth of teaching experience from different instructors all over the globe. He has the open yet critical mind that many traditional martial artists could learn from, and I cannot recommend Hinnerup Karate enough. Next up, we leave Europe and travel over to the US to speak to Ben Myers. Ben was the founder of the Gorilla Silat Project and runs the excellent interview podcast Finding the Truth. Ben has an exhaustive amount of knowledge in self-protection, combat sports and martial arts, as well as personal experience in the field. His contribution is a perfect follow-up to the last one. I give you Society's Sharp Edge. So I recently watched a movie called Assassination Nation, which is a creative retelling of the Salem witch trials using social media in the modern day town of Salem as a backdrop. And it really sparked up some interesting conversation between me and my teen daughter and the challenges that kids in this generation face that those from my generation and the generations before social media 
dominated the conversation did not face. I found it pretty thought provoking. I mean, it's not the greatest movie ever, but it was fun to watch and it did engender some great conversation between me and my daughter. So I would recommend it as a non martial arts movie. And then as far as martial arts movies that are not well known, I would say The Raid 2 is one of the best not well-known martial arts movies. It came out of Indonesia a few years back. Fantastic fight scenes. As a caveat, you don't watch Indonesian martial arts films for the plot. You watch them for the fight scenes. So if that's what you're into little-known martial arts films for, pretty much anything coming out of modern-day Indonesia is solid. I would also recommend, I know this is three movies, Jamie, but I would also recommend The Man From Nowhere. It's a Korean film. If you're looking for a plot-driven, little-known martial arts film, fantastic acting, fantastic storyline, and amazing fight scenes as well. So those are my movie recommendations. Thanks for having me on, Jamie. It's an honor as always, and I look forward to doing more stuff in the future. Thanks, Ben. I highly recommend that you check out Ben's show, Finding the Truth. It has such a tremendous output of knowledge, perhaps several centuries worth of useful experience and an enviable selection of guests. Ben will never know how much I truly value his help with training tips and guidance. Our conversations are always very rewarding, at least for me, and it was an honour to have appeared on his show. The final part of this episode keeps us stateside and comes from my friend Andrea Harkins, the martial arts woman of the book, website and podcast of the same name. Andrea is an extremely active martial arts teacher and consultant. Her books include the aforementioned Martial Arts Woman, as well as Martial Arts Inspirations for Everyone and her new release, the rather excellent How to Start Your Own Martial Art Programme. If Ben's choice of martial art movie was the perfect follow-up to Jan's recommendation, then Andrea's is the perfect accompaniment to Jan's non-martial arts movie selection. I present Taking the Hits and Inspiration. Hey, it's Andrea the Martial Arts Woman. Today I'm going to talk about a non-martial art movie that martial artists should watch and an underrated martial arts movie that... I've seen, and admittedly, I don't watch martial art movies. So let's start with a non-martial art movie martial artists should watch. And my choice is one that I just recently watched on Netflix, and it's called Seven Yards, The Chris Norton Story. And this movie is about a college football player who has an accident on the football field. He's a football player. And he is basically paralyzed, but he doesn't give up. He learns to walk under certain circumstances, and he literally will train for like a year just to walk in a special occasion, like on his graduation and on the day he got married. And the story is so inspiring that I think every martial artist should watch it because We forget sometimes as martial artists that inspiration from others and other walks of life and other areas is so important for us to become the person we want to be. It is so inspiring to see someone who does not give up and is basically in the worst of circumstances that you can imagine as a young man 
not knowing what his future will hold. So I do recommend that movie. The only martial art movie, the underrated martial art movie, I guess, would be Paying Mr. Maggetti, which is a Don Wilson movie, but way out of the genre of his usual fight movies. This is about uh, a man, a young man who goes out drinking and gambling and wakes up to hear from his girlfriend because he's in bed with a strange woman and she happens to be a local mob boss daughter. So it's really a very lighthearted story. And Don the Dragon plays sort of this uh, mysterious, well, I guess a relentless hitman, I guess is how you would describe him. So it's really a lighthearted movie. But as I said, I do not really watch martial art movies, and a lot of people find that interesting about me since I'm a martial artist and talk about martial arts all the time. So this is the only underrated martial art movie I could really think of because it's basically one of the very, very few martial art movies I ever watch. I hope this is helpful and let's get out there and watch some of these interesting movies, but mostly let's watch that which inspires us. Thank you, Andrea, for putting forward these two really good recommendations. Again, dear listener, I'd like to recommend you to her work. Check out her website, including her podcast, and also Andrea's three superb books. If you'd like to book me, I have a range of different services. The bespoke nature of my work has allowed several of my clients to get creative with what I can provide for them as individuals and for their students. I teach adult self-protection. There is my When Parents Aren't Around Teen and Children's Self-Protection program based on my book of the same name. There is my Vagabond Warriors cross-training concepts. I also teach mixed martial arts as a single discipline and also divide it up into composite courses focusing on boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, stand-up grappling and submission grappling ground fighting. I teach weapon awareness and weapon attribute training skills. These courses can and are being delivered as one-to-one lessons, small group lessons, workshops, seminars and webinars. Some of my clients have encouraged me to run courses on teaching fight history online via Zoom, where others are now streaming me directly into their classrooms, where we can take full advantage of the fight footage available to deliver various lesson plans and workouts. My books, Mordred's Victory, When Parents Aren't Around and Rong Fu are all available as ebooks. Now, for the first time ever, Rong Fu and Mordred's Victory are available as paperbacks. These are new editions, including new edits, updated and additional material. Mordred's Victory even has a new preface. You can order these directly from Amazon or order from me for a signed copy. In the meantime, don't forget to check out the clubchimera.com website where I post up a regular blog and links to my social media can be found amongst other material. There is increasingly more content going up on my YouTube, including train-along videos, hashtag CCMA challenge, vlogs, footage from my courses, video versions of these podcasts and other martial artists' recommended content in my playlists. Join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you. If you subscribe to the show, then please consider writing a review. Indeed, I'm also in need of and very grateful for reviews on my Google page and Facebook business page. Finally, keep your eyes peeled on all these places for news on open events that I regularly hold throughout the year. Next episode will present my first essay episode since 2020. I'll be picking up the timeline somewhat from the previous martial movie massacre by looking at the familiar path and aspirations of martial artists who wanted to transition from pure martial arts movies to mainstream action films. This mainly happened in the 1980s and into the mid-1990s. It created the landscape for the films I watched when my training began. So, 
See you next time for Marshall Movie Massacre 8, The Beginning. Thanks for listening.